God puts laws. You know, prophets had laws, Isaiah and Jeremiah, different laws and burdens from God. So movements have loads. City uh, movement day is 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 the load is one of city gospel transformation. The idea from God inside of that space is that is that um, uh, spread the gospel in a city, you're gonna impact a nation. Now, when I go into that space, I can't say nonsense, kingdom humanity. <laughs> you get the idea. I need to find a docking station. I need to find a, a, a point of, to dock with that. Where is the connection point? So when I stand up and talk about citizenship, I have to deliver that within the context of the load of the environment. I can't speak as though I'm speaking at LSA. Yeah? Can, can we be wise around these things? Then that's what makes the word palatable. That's what makes people like, want to translate this word into Spanish. Because they, they, they feel it's resourcing their load. They don't feel like it's bashing their own load and diminishing their load. They feel like, oh yeah, I, can, I love this thing, kingdom humanity, man. Citizenship. It's like, yeah, I see the connection point with city transformation. It's easy to bash it's like it takes effort to make people see connection points. And I think if we're a maturing church, we need to be walking towards a unity of faith, a unity of the knowledge of the Son of God. Amen. So that's the burden. And so the invitation came. And I had to really weigh that invitation. And I was chatting to Zaman, but should I, should I not go to Dubai? Because that's really where we are. We're not looking for significance. We're not looking for a trip that we can put up on Facebook. We can turn things down if they're not speaking into the, the load, the track that God has put us on. We're not proving a point to anybody. So we're actually weighing this very seriously and, and uh, you know, and Zamo said, I think you should go to this one. I was actually like, mm, should I, should I not go? I'm not looking for significance at this point in time. I'm not looking for an opportunity to make a Facebook post. I'm not looking for an opportunity to prove myself to those who may think that I'm failing. It really, really does not concern me. We're on a track in God. And we want to serve him. Amen. Can we live like that, LSA? No. I'm not here to prove a point. Don't live life trying to prove a point. It's going to waste your time. And waste your energy. Just keep following the track of God. Because actually you will appear before him in the judgment seat of Christ. Not before people. You're going to have to account to him. So, so I had to weigh this and... And, uh, and the invitation, by the way, initially was not even the invitation to speak. The initial invitation was an inv invitation to attend. And that's what I said yes to. <laughs> you know, God is funny, eh? And when I said yes to that, and then invitation got, got, got upgraded to actually, you could share on city transformation. Only after I said yes. So this is not like looking for a preaching engagement. 
kingdom humanity in the pattern of Joseph. This is important, LSA. In the kingdom humanity must be able and is able to talk, engage, and enhance already established platforms. As partly what we are not trying to build a uh, just simply an entity. Uh, we can do that and, and we don't know what's the future and what God will, but what we do also do very well is actually enhance what already is established. And it's in the character of kingdom humanity. It's non-threatening. People just open up to it. So we talk, we engage, and we enhance. Yeah? What do we do? Talk, engage, and enhance what's already established in these groups and networks and movements like Movement Day, like Awakening, Awakening, Awakening the Nations in the South Pacific. This is the principle of Joseph. Actually, when you follow Joseph, he said, Joseph, really, what he did very well was he found already established platforms and enhanced them. And so we see him enhancing the platform of Potiphar's estate, right? As a manager in that estate, we see Joseph enhancing the platform of, of the prison as a warden there, or assistant to the warden. We see Joseph enhancing the platform of the kingdom of Egypt as a prince, right? He really lived like a prince. Ultimately, we see Joseph enhancing the platform of his own family. Ultimately, the full cycle comes back to his own family. He really becomes like a father in his own family. They're looking to him for resource and all sorts of stuff. And that's Joseph. Look at your neighbor and say, that's Joseph. It means the guy is non-threatening. It means it's palatable. It means people will receive him. No. Does not mean that we're not building an entity. Does not mean, but it does mean that we want to do this very well. To talk, to engage, and to enhance what's already out there. Amen? What's the principle? The parable of the, you know, being mixed with the dough, yeast being mixed with the dough, is the principle that we use inside of that context. The significance of this trip was that it was the first post-pandemic trip. So it was the breaking of the womb trip. It was a new ecology trip that would give us clues about the new ecology anointing in life. We, we did not plan that Dubai would be the first trip. God planned it for us. Amen? Yeah. And um, there were basically two gatherings in Dubai. <clears throat> the first gathering was a one-day gathering of the Middle East Church where there was a, a sharing of stories of city gospel transformation. Uh, different people took platforms to share what was happening inside of their own cities. And then the second leg of the meeting was the meeting of the core leadership uh, group of Movement Day, about 40, 45 people. And that's where I spoke, um, that we're just reflecting on Movement Day and where this thing is going and stuff. A very, actually, a very, very important conversation I found myself in. Just reflect on where things are going, where God is leading this. And I think everybody's grappling with new ecology issues. And I found myself in that, in that, in that space. So the first meeting was a group of, I mean, a gathering of about 1,000 people. It was a massive gathering there. <clears throat> Amazing to see that in Dubai, actually. 
in an Arabic culture. And then the second leg was this two-day gathering of core leaders grappling with just the direction of the Lord within Movement Day. And it was quite a pleasure to be invited into that space and to speak and to shape. And that's where things have exploded inside of kingdom humanity. Okay, so enough of the narrative report. Let's look, into, look at the pictures. There we go. So, you know, the first thing that really hit me, I mean, we've always, I, you know, whenever, when I fly, you know, I, I usually use Emirates as an airline, falling, falling, in love, falling in love with Emirates. It's a great airline. And uh, accumulated, my, my, accumulated, accumulated my miles there. I've got my silver card, silver status. I get to check in with business class people. I love that. And I love that when you don't really know who's business class and who's silver. We're all in the same queue right now. <laughs> you know? When they call, I love it when they call. All the business class people and the silver come. <laughs> I love that, man. I, I love it. After a long day of waiting, I'm like, oh, yeah. And of course, you know, the business lounge and all these things. So, um, um, great airline that the UAE has built, established in the market. Um, and I think I was, I've been saying, you know, Dubai is a city that works. You press the button and the button responds. The city that works. The city that works. I mean, the, word, the word of God does say, pray for the prosperity of the city. Because if it prospers, you also will prosper. The city's got to work, man. I get into the, you know, into, in, into the airport in Dubai again, on, hop onto the train. Takes me straight to the hotel. I don't have to worry about Uber rates and all these things. The city works. It's super clean. And my thing, I've been trying to grapple with, how do you get a democracy to be that clean? You know, a democracy is a complicated entity. Tallest building in the world. So what do you see in the center? There's the Burj Khalifa. Ah, you can say, ah, who cares about tall buildings? But it inspires people. <laughs> it's about innovation. It inspires minds. It inspires entrepreneurship. So my thing was, oh, shucks. I mean, it's, it's not without problems. There are issues there. But systemically, this city works. City works. And that was amazing to see. So the UAE, United Arab Emirates, that's what it's called, is a kingdom ruled by a monarch, elective monarch. It's called, it called, called, it's called the Sheikh. The Federation of Seven Emirates. Um, Emirates are basically like states, like a province of states, like KZN, more like states. But seven Emirates that make up what we call United UAE, United Arab Emirates. Um, and natives, they are called the Emiratis. Abu Dhabi is the capital of UAE. And I mean, it's not a big, it's like a, a total population of 10 million people. The strange thing about the UAE is that of the 10 million, about 9 million is said to be, you know, foreign nationals. 
So you have more foreigners than you do locals. I think actually, you know, checking the stats, it says that the you know, UAE is, part, is home to 200 nationalities. I was speaking, I went to a restaurant and I was speaking to a guy from Zimbabwe. And he was talking to me about AKA. This guy is like informed, he's like, he knows. So Dubai itself is a, a population of 3.5 million. Of that, 85% are you know, for, you know, migrant workers. In 1950, they only had 20,000 people. They were you know, dealing with all sorts of problems in 1950. That's like crazy. And their currency, which is always a trouble for when you're traveling, man. Because the one dirham equals to five friends. So all you have to do the conversion when you're buying stuff. <laughs> and of course, they are known for the tallest building in the world. And the point about that is inspire, it's inspirational. These, some of these things are inspirational. Look at that. Yeah. On the left there is, whenever I travel, I have to look for the coffee. That's the first thing I look. <laughs> I look for, where's the best coffee? I actually Google, best coffee around me, near me. <laughs> so that was my hangout spot. Uh, in the mornings, and they close, they close at 7.30. Like, this is great. Proper coffee shop that closes in the evening. And of course, you have the beach there. Beautiful there. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. The building is clean. I think they're building like a, a New York there. It's, a, it's amazing. That's a, a clean version of New York. It's beautiful. Beautiful. So on Friday, I landed there on Friday morning, I think it was. There's one flight to, to Dubai, which is great. It flies directly from Devon, which is really great. You used to go to Johannesburg to pick a flight from there. Um, so you fly in the afternoon, evening, overnight, uh, eight hours. You get there in the morning. Um, and so Peter and his friend, his friend that he went to school with, um, his, Peter's friend, took us to the desert on Friday evening. And that was a point of inspiration. I was thinking about Abraham and all these people. And looking at camels. And the scripture came to mind. I'm doing a new thing, yeah? I'm making a way in the desert. And how we have been in the desert, in the wilderness in the last couple of years. The pandemic has been that for many people. And, that, and our ability to, to linger and to engage the desert correctly breaks out the new thing of God which is now what he's doing, the new ecology. And we're sitting there having a bride, I tell you, you, you. In that desert, you can sit for the whole night easily. It's so decompressing. It's so relaxing. All you see is sand around you. Sand. Something about the sand. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, God used to talk to Abraham about sand. Like, man, this. No wonder. That's all these people were seeing. Sand. <laughs> you know? David said, how many, how many are your thoughts for me? Yeah? They cannot be numbered. So, the wilderness. And, and, and that's, we sat around the fire. Man, it was beautiful. In four by fours. It was quite an experience, you know. <laughs> driving, driving around. Who got stuck. So that picture I have, it's just, I said, wow, this is a full experience, man. Our 4 by 4 got stuck, so it needed to be pulled. I was like, wow, this is full on. 
It was all amazing. It was a beautiful experience. I loved it. Um, I loved it. And then the first day, I think it was Saturday, there were many people there. I think about 1,000 people in the room from different cities. Obviously, the focus was Middle East. So we're just basically hearing stories of uh, how people were engaging their cities to bring gospel and transformation within their own cities. We heard from believers were business people. You know, believers were engaged in NGO spaces. You know, a whole lot of stuff that people are doing. And amazing again hearing these guys from Lebanon and, uh, you know, uh, sharing stories. Like, I mean, out of really, really hostile environments. You know, Palestine and all the stories. Like, God has people all around. You know what he said to Elijah? I have 7,000 others who have not bowed down to Baal. God has people all around doing amazing things. And whenever you travel and see these things, things humbling, yeah? It measures you like, wow, this is amazing. And to see people gathered, about 1,000 people in one room, who had left whatever, you know. I was a lady from China doing stuff, um, you know, in Dubai. and like Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Met all sorts of people there. All sorts of people. And we had some amazing stories. Guys and Palestine working with issues of reconciliation between, you know, in, you know, in that part of the world, you know, which you would know from the point of view of the news, uh, you know, Lebanon, just broken places, and people doing amazing things. It was absolutely amazing. The people in, this, in the body of, of Jesus were doing some amazing things. Uh, normal, ordinary people like you and I. This was Sunday. I think I shared this with you on WhatsApp. That couple there that you see um, uh, in, 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 uh, in Syria, young couple, must be in their mid-30s with a young child, a girl, lived in the midst of the war in Syria, attempted, they've attempted an opportunity to, to, to leave and go to Canada, and God said no, and they listened to that. I was like, shucks, this is amazing. I thought I had problems. I thought I had problems. Shucks, I have no problems. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. And then the, 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 the earthquake breaks out. They are in the middle of it. They're building, they can feel the, the, the flat cracks. They have to escape and run for their lives. In the middle of that, they are ministering to people. I like, shucks God. I thought I had problems. Hmm? What's my problem in comparison to this couple? But maybe losing friends in the middle of COVID and stuff like that. That's my problem. Like, man, that's no problem. Hmm? Maybe a day having a, a you know, a tire burst on my last Sunday. It's no problem. <laughs> on your way to the meeting. It's no problem. And having Zoom issues and all sorts of sound issues. This couple is dodging bullets. They have the opportunity to go to Canada. They can be thinking about their daughter who could be raped. As a father, you think about all sorts of things in a, in a situation of war. 
Your wife could be raped. And what stuff happens? And I ask you and I to list our own problems. I was absolutely challenged. Absolutely edified. And this is Sunday morning. This kind of stuff happens in Dubai. In the Arabic culture. I mean, in fact, there was a, a, you know, a government representative who addressed the meeting on Saturday. And he said, look, as a government, we have to change our policy towards foreign nationals. As he said this, we realized if we have people come into your nation and they can't worship their God, they treat that place as, as, a, as a foreign place. So what the UAE has done is they've been very intentional in allowing people to worship their God in their own space. And they said, because then people will call it home if they can worship their God here. I, I did not know that about, about the UAE, to be honest. That's crazy. I mean, this, this gathering, you can see, I mean, it's, it's basically mostly foreign nationals. This church is made up of people who have come from different parts of the world into, into this Dubai. And this, this couple was sharing. This is the pastor of the church. I think it's called the fellowship. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. This was a Sunday. Wow. God is doing stuff. You will never know. Unless you've traveled around and seen God is doing stuff. You will never know. You'll never know. And then we switch to the meeting of the core leaders. So this is the core. That's me there. So that's the, This group is basically from all continents of the world. Really amazing people. <clears throat> Men and women. Um, uh, this lady here is Leticia. She's, she's from Australia. In 2016, we went to a movement day and meet, a meeting in, in New York. And she spoke some amazing stuff around you know, ministry towards women. Um, there were all sorts of people here. You know, these, are, these guys are from... The South, the South, you know, um, South, South America. He's from Hong Kong. Uh, you know, he's from India. All sorts of people. All sorts of, that's Peter Watt there. Yeah. All sorts of people from, basically the world was represented in one room. So, that's me speaking to that same group. So, the thing was, according to the schedule, I was supposed to speak on, on a Monday. So, that big meeting on Saturday... And then it was a Sunday where we had, you know, from the couple, you know, in Syria. And then Sunday afternoon we started this meeting. Uh, I was going to be sharing on Monday. And Sunday lunchtime, somebody comes to me, are you good to share today? <laughs> Man, that's going to be only a couple of hours. It's already lunch. But here's what had happened. God woke me up that Sunday at 3 a.m. And it wasn't a time zone issue. It was actually God woke me up and I, I worked on. They had been very busy lead up to that, this trip. So I actually prepared and consolidated my message. And, and so when I was approached on Sunday at lunch, would you be okay sharing today? I said, actually, that's great. And partly I welcomed welcome that because it was at the beginning of this meeting. I saw it as a golden opportunity because if you speak that early, we have time with people, 
to see what the word of God has done in their lives. And that's exactly what happened. So you see about the thing about you know, preparing and excelling and always prepare. You know, the word of God says, be prepared in season and out of season. And so I had, I had 15 minutes to speak kingdom humanity to a group of 45 people. It was a life or death situation. It could land in a way that, oh, that kingdom humanity? Oh, shocks that kingdom humanity. You want the shocks, right? You don't want, oh God, I wish I, I have another opportunity. You don't want that. That's a terrible feeling. But the preparation is, and so we're actually talking after, the, after I, I spoke, uh, it's like something landed in the meeting. Actually, <laughs> they didn't know how to close the meeting after that. Um, and I was telling the guys, actually, I, I was scheduled to speak you know, the following day. And one guy said, ah, well, it takes months to prepare that message. I said, yeah, that's a good observation. You know, because we have to live in the state of preparation. That's where we have to live. And it was amazing. This has unleashed, you know, conversations up until today. Um, the translation to Spanish, the, the Oxford project. I was like, this is crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, the booklet has been distributed to, to these leaders, 45 leaders, who do come from different parts of the continent. Absolutely amazing. This is the last day when we had a hangout. I love this peak, actually. Um, and I was telling, telling Zamo, you know, in 2005, we went to the Caribbean, we went to Trinidad uh, for the IE. It was over like two weeks. And it was a significant time of, you know, relationship building. And I said, no, this felt like that. I remember that time. Really just building and making like instant connections with people, friendships. This guy, someone is from Brazil. Brazil, as they would say. Brazil. Um... Absolutely, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And some of the peaks. This is Roger Sutton from, from Manchester. I said, I need, I, need to take, I need to take a picture with you because my son supports Manchester City. And he said, oh, that's a pity. <laughs> He's clearly a Manchester United guy, you know. Yeah. He's from Panama. He's a character. He said he's looking for a wife. I said, well, I, yeah, let's see if I can hook you up. <laughs> Panama. It's like crazy. It's like all people, you know, from all sorts of, you know. This is in 2018, I think I went to Charlotte in the USA. Um, this is the leader of the church called the Park, Claude Alexander. So I was at the meeting. He's kind of wearing sunglasses because he has a, an eye, eye issue right now. Um... This is Esther from Nairobi. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's crazy. People, he's from Hong Kong, Seth. Uh, of course, this is Peter White. <laughs> We're standing at the 40th floor of the hotel trying to capture the view, but we're standing against the window. So <laughs> we walked against the laws, Londi. Yeah, you, clearly you were not there. And look, and look at, all you see is teeth. All you see is teeth. <laughs> um, 
this is Carolina, who is, you know, who wanted to translate the, the, the notes into Spanish with her husband. Absolutely. Steve is from, is from South Africa, is from Cape Town. Um, spent a lot of, lot of time together. Um, yeah, beautiful. This was the last day, just like a relationship, a relational day. Absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. But the, the thing, the thing is the thing about readiness, as I said. Uh-huh. It's the thing about harnessing the gifting. The thing about being excellent in what we do. Because it actually benefits people. And allows for the, facilitates the transmission of the message of God. And the mission that we're on. Instead of that, finding talking stations with people who carry other different burdens, but which are not competing with what we carry. We just have to be wiser. Yeah? Look at your neighbor and say, we just have to be wiser. Find talking stations. I'm not saying condone things that are clearly crazy, but where people clearly have burdens and loads from the Lord, find those and find those and find our talking stations with those. And how we enhance those as they enhance you. It's not the day to be crazy and competitive and to think we're better. Who cares about that? It's a day to serve the Lord and to serve the body of Jesus Christ. So we're on a journey to destiny like Paul. My last slide here. In Acts chapter 27 is on a journey to go and minister or um, testify before Caesar in Rome. Sent by God, it looks like a legal trial, but actually God is in it. In Acts 27, I love that whole chapter. But they did, had to do a couple of things. In verse 9, Paul warned them, man, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. So Paul has a word of knowledge. He can see what's going to happen. In verse 15, the storm does break out. The ship was caught by the storm and caught and could not, sorry, could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. How many of us know that sometimes the storm has to be our transport mechanism? I think the last couple of years, the storm has had to be our transport mechanism. Sometime instead of fighting the storm, let the storm carry you. Look at your neighbor and say, let the storm carry you. In verse 18, we took such a violent battering, battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. Look at your neighbor, at your neighbor and say, offload and be light. We need to offload and be light in the midst of the storm. When they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. They, con- they continue to offload. And sometimes when we're carrying a whole lot of stuff, it makes us heavy and slow. Hebrews 12 talks about this, right? Removing everything that hinders. To run with perseverance, to run light, Yeah? Don't carry all sorts of issues and problems and concerns in your heart and eventually arrive in Rome. How do you arrive in Rome? Carried by the storms, 
offloading the, the, the ship, becoming light, lighter and lighter, making sure that they can still move. Why? Because Paul was on a mission to go and testify before Caesar. Before Caesar. We're on a mission <clears throat> inside of this kingdom of humanity. And the Spirit of God is leading us. Amen. And we want the Spirit of God to lead us. We want the Spirit of God to lead us. We, we thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's stand and let's pray. <clears throat> we thank you, Father.